Hey, this is Pastor Keenan. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to our Young Adult Podcast. I know you're gonna be blessed because you are choosing to make listening to God's word a priority today. And if you are blessed by this episode, would you consider sharing it with some of your friends? You never know how God could use it in their lives. Well, hey, here comes the sermon. So lean in because God's getting ready to speak to you. I love you. I really do think that God is going to say something significant through Pastor Mauricio Franco. Can you put your hands together for him as he comes to preach the word? Come on. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Y'all doing, y'all doing good today? Yeah? Yeah, right on, right on. Sorry, I, I thought that mug was going to slip out of my hand. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to be here tonight. Um, if we haven't had the chance to meet yet. My name is uh, Mauricio Franco Jr. I am uh, one of the pastors here on staff at Celebration Church. Uh, I oversee our whole worship team uh, on Sunday mornings and help get uh, worship going for Wednesdays at youth and schedule everybody for Thursdays. Um, can you give a round of applause and just honor everybody who did this worship tonight? Come on. They did amazing. It was fire. Fire, fire, fire worship. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to be here with you guys. Uh, Pastor Keenan and Pastor Beth um, are incredible people. If it is your first time here, I just want to say literally right off the bat that you are in a safe place. And I'm not just saying that because there's an officer outside or there's a police car parked in the parking lot. Yes, you are safe on that front. But you are also safe. You're also in a safe place because you have some people, you have some pastors that literally are always, I am not even kidding, in the word. I'll tell you, we're here at work and Pastor Keenan's walking around with his iPads or with his uh, AirPods, excuse me, or AirPods, excuse me. What are they called? <laughs> AirPods. Thank you. He's walking around and I'm like, hey, bro. So he's like, text me. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's done that a few times. Why? Because he's listening to the word. He's going through his whole Bible stuff. And, it, and obviously he's joking. He's messing around. But what I'm trying to tell you guys today is that seriously, you're not just here uh, under a leadership that's like, um, no, like whatever. No, like we genuinely love people. And Pastor Keenan and Pastor Beth um, have built this amazing ministry. And so we, can we please just honor them, honor them, honor them. Come on, somebody. I love you guys so much. Some of my closest friends. Literally, I wouldn't be who I am today without these two. And so thank you guys for what you're doing, not only in my lives, but in the lives of everybody sitting in these seats. So thank you all so much. Again, guys, come on, somebody, please. Pastor Kenny, Pastor Beth. Yes. Incredible. Well, hey, I'm preaching tonight. Is that cool? Is that cool? I got, I got a word on my heart. I believe that, uh, that God wants to speak through me today, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about today for taking notes, which I hope you are, um, because those get you a little bit bonus points in heaven. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. It's a lie. Um, but I hope you're taking notes. I don't know about you, but uh, I was talking with Pastor Keaton the other day, and I was literally looking at some notes from 2016 that we had took like in his, uh, in his living room that he was preaching. And I'm telling you, those notes come alive in me every time I read them. So please take some notes, um, write down some stuff. Maybe it's not something I say, but maybe it's something that God highlights to you while I'm speaking. I just want to say that those will come in handy in the future. Um, but I'm t- if you're taking notes, I'm t- I, my title of message is this. It's, it's simple. It's nothing fancy. 
but it's this. Let him in. Let him in. Let him in. And the big truth that we're looking at today is this right here is God works from the inside out. I don't know what you've been told. I don't know how you grew up. Maybe you thought this whole time it was about how, how, you, how you were on the outside, how you acted, how, how, how that, that God looks more on my outward appearance than he does on my inward. Can I tell you that that is not the truth at all? That God cares more about what's happening in your heart than what's happening on the outside. I'm telling you, I've, I've been into so many places where I've been looked up from down, up and down. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, 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 that, that, I felt super uncomfortable. But can I tell you today that if you're here for the first time, that is not the case in this place at all. We are not here to judge you. We're not here to look at you up and down. We're here to preach you the gospel of Jesus Christ who looks at the inward and who looks at the heart. I'm telling you today that Jesus, he wants this. He wants your heart. Let him in. God works from the inside out. He works from the inside out. The beauty of that is that when you allow God to work from the inside out, when he works on the inside, naturally, the things on the outward will fall into place. The things that you're struggling with, the things that probably aren't the most godly, will eventually line up with what God says is true. There's a story in the Bible, it's found in 1 Samuel, we'll read it here in a second. But the prophet Samuel is looking for a king, the next king. God tells Samuel, hey, go look for the next king. Uh, 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 go, to, go to Bethlehem, the house of Jesse, and he has all these sons, and I need you to go to each one and find the one who's going to be the next king. So Samuel does what the Lord tells him to do, and he goes over to Jesse's house, and he goes to the first the first boy, and he looks at him, and this is what the Lord tells Samuel in that moment. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. You read the story, you find out later on that David is anointed king. And he's the one who becomes king and the one who's anointed. But the big truth that I'm looking at today is this, is that when we realize that, that God looks at the heart, everything else will fall into place. I'll tell you this right now. In Romans 5.8, I want us to read it real quick. It says this, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? That means that while you were still a sinner, while, while you were doing things that maybe you shouldn't be doing, right, that God still loved you, that God was still chasing you. We always want to eliminate ourselves. God, you just don't know. If you only knew God, he knows. While you were still sinning, while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. The nature of God is to always love you. That's his nature. That's who he is. His nature is to always, is to always love you. It was in the, it was in the fifth grade. 
fifth grade, long time ago, Bel Air Elementary. Any Bel Air Eagles in the house? One, two, three, four, five. That's it. <laughs> Nobody, anybody else? I was in fifth grade, and I remember um, it was April the 1st. We all know what April the 1st is, and it's also known as April Fool's, a day that a lot of people dread, a day that, you know, you're getting pranked on left and right. All kinds of stuff happens. And I remember I'm in the fifth grade, I'm at recess. Anybody used to love recess? Yeah? That was my favorite activity, recess and lunch. <laughs> the big pizzas. Anybody remember the big pizzas? You are too young. No, all right. Um, we're at recess, and my friends come up to me, and they're like, uh, hey, we, we, we dare you to do something. We guys got to understand, uh, in the fifth grade, there was this girl. <laughs> she liked your boy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she really was interested in me. Um, can't blame her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, and uh, the whole school knew about it. You know what I mean? I never gave her the time of day. I just really... Wasn't uh, <laughs> I've changed, you know what I'm saying? The Lord's done work. Just wasn't the biggest fan, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, I remember them coming up to me on this day, and they said, hey, Mauricio. I said, yeah, what's up? I said, uh, um, we dare you. Dare me, huh? Yeah, we, we dare you. You know that girl that likes you? Yeah, like a lot, lot? Yeah, we dare you to go up to her. We're at recess, you know what I'm saying? We're playing, like, on the playground swings and monkey bar. Well, I don't do monkey bars because I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I did the slide, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we're playing. and we, Anyways, they said, we dare you to go up to this girl that likes you. Ask her to be your girlfriend. And when she looks at you and she's smiling, she's super happy and excited, Look at her square in the face and say, April Fools. I'm not. I say, I can't do that. I'm fifth grade, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm a man of God. <laughs> I'm more like, I'm a man of God. <laughs> I, I just couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, that wasn't some, you know what I mean? I, I was a wannabe gangster. I wasn't a, a gangster gangster, you know what I mean? Uh, I was a wangster. And I, I said, I can't, man. Like, that's not who I am. Like, poor girl. Like, I, I never do something like that. I got two sisters. Like, I could imagine if someone did that to them. I said, no, Marissa, we dare you. And me wanting to be cool, you know. I said, all right. Let's do it. So I walk over to this girl where she's with her friends at recess. And I go up to her and I say, hey. And I'm not going to say her name because maybe some of y'all might know her. <laughs> And I said, um, yeah, will, will you be my girlfriend? And she looks at me, and she's smiling, and she's excited, and she's so happy. She says, yes, I'd love to. And I look at her square in the face and said, April Bulls. I did it. I did it. I did it. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that haunted me for years. I went years. Years, years, years feeling so bad about what I did to the point where I just kept her at a distance. Didn't want anything to do with her. I just, I just wasn't, wasn't feeling right about the whole situation. We're in elementary at this time. We go, to, we go to what was junior high at the time, which is now known as middle school. We're in middle school, and 
I'm doing everything I can to avoid her. Don't want to go near her. Don't even want to go close to her. I'm just scared. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, this girl's mad at me. Like, there's no way she's going to forgive me. There's no way, like, I could do, I, could, I, I can't, like, I can't do anything to fix this. We are now in high school, Central High School. Any Bobcats in the house? Thank you. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. So we're at Central High School. And I'm not as cool as I thought because I'm riding the school bus. And I'm riding the bus home on this particular day. And I hop up in the bus. I'm in the center aisle. I'm looking down the aisle just like this. It's a packed bus. I'm walking down, trying to squirm my way through, looking for a seat. And I'm looking. There's nowhere to sit. And I finally look down the aisle. And behold, there's one seat open next to this girl who I pranked in elementary. Haven't talked to this girl in years. Was nervous. But I wasn't going to sit on the floor or I wasn't going to walk home. So I said, all right. I walked over there and I said, can I sit by you? And she said, yeah, yeah, like nothing. So I sat down and you can imagine I just started praying in my head like, and God, like, please, you know, I hope that she doesn't bring up what happened in the fifth grade. Like, I'm just like, I hope she forgot about it. But I'll tell you, that day, my friends, is the day I realized that women don't forget anything. <laughs> so I sat down, and it pops up. She brings it up, and she starts talking about it, and I'm just going on and on, apologizing how sorry I am, how bad I feel about it. I was just so overwhelmed. And she looks at me, and she's like, hey, re- re- relax. You got to understand, man, I've kept this girl at a distance for years. Didn't want any interaction with her. Didn't want to talk to her because of what I've done, what I did to her. She says, I- I've already forgiven you. Like, relax, like you got to chill out. You see, that whole time, those, all those years, I kept that girl at a distance because of what I'd done. And because of the response I thought I was going to get when I came near her. And the truth is this, my friends. I think so many times, if we're going to be honest, we do the same exact thing with God. We find ourselves in a place where we keep God at a distance. Why? Because of what we've done. We're ashamed. We feel bad. And we don't think that the moment we finally have an encounter with him, you will realize that you've already been forgiven. You've already been forgiven. I'm here to tell you today, my friends, stop keeping God at a distance. For years, I went through this with this girl. Who knows? She could have been, never mind. (laughs) But for years, it was was just messed up because I chose to keep her at a distance. My friends, don't go through life keeping your heavenly father at a distance. He's already forgiven you. He loves you. The grace has been provided. All he's waiting for you to do is to receive it. All he's waiting for you to do is to receive it. 
You see, life with Jesus isn't about what you've done. Life with Jesus is about what he's already done. It's about what he's already done. You might be thinking, well, Mauricio, I just can't measure up. I'm not good enough. It's not about what you do. It's about what he's done for you. My friends, this life with Christ is about what Jesus has already done for you, and he's already paid the price. Stop going through life worrying what you have to do for God so he can forgive you. My friends, all he's asking you to do is to rest and to receive the goodness that he's already done for you. He's he's already paid it. You are free to let him in. Can Can I just let you know? You are free to let him in. You're free to let him in. And ask the question, why, why don't we truly let his love in sometimes? And I've asked myself, why, why are we kind of skeptical about letting the love of Jesus inside of us? I think one, if we're going to be honest, is because we've, we've chosen to let other things in. We've chosen to let maybe gossip in. We've chosen to let maybe the lies of the enemy in. We've chosen to let other things that aren't really that important. Can I, can I say maybe the news in, politics in? Can I go there? <laughs> All right, I won't. <laughs> we choose to let other things in. The second thing I think why we have our time um, of, of letting, letting his love in is because maybe along the way we find ourselves distracted. We find ourselves maybe distracted. We, we, we genuinely are on our way to get filled up by his love. We, we genuinely have good intentions to allow his love in. But can we be honest? Simply, sometimes we just simply get dis- distracted. We find ourselves distracted. And maybe you're there right now and, and now, you, now you've been distracted. Maybe you decided, well, since I'm already distracted, I'll just... Just fake it till I make it. Fake it till I make it. I don't really got to have a relationship with God if I just act like I do. If I just put on my Instagram bio that scripture, you know. Or if I just take a picture of my notes and post it on my story. I mean, let's be honest. We've been there faking it till we make it. But can I tell you the truth is, is that Jesus wants the real you. He wants the real version of you. I'll tell you this past Sunday, we, um, I, I told you guys I'm the worship pastor. I oversee the, the worship team. We got about 30 members on our worship team, which some of them were part of this team and sitting alongside you guys within the crowd right now. Amazing, amazing musicians, amazing vocalists, amazing just people with beautiful characters. And I, Sorry, I can go on and on and on how grateful I am for everybody who's on the team. I get to serve alongside these guys on a weekly and ladies. And this past Sunday was actually one of our lead guitar players last day with us. It was sad. He, y'all, y'all might know him. He, he, he would come here to young adults and serve on, the, on Pastor King and Pastor Beth's surf team. His name's Benji. Benji was, is in the military and great guy. And this past Sunday, I said, all right, bro, don't forget. Don't let me forget. I want to take some pictures with you before you leave. Like, I want to take some pictures, man. Like, I, um, I don't want to just, like, you know, say bye. Like, I want to have these memories, you know. He's like, yeah, bro, yeah, I'll remind you. Cool, cool. 
Sorry, bet. So we have two services on a Sunday, a 9:30 and an 11. Shameless plug. <laughs> if you don't have a service, if you don't have anywhere to worship on a Sunday, please come see us. We'd love, we'd love to worship with you. 9:30 and 11. Pastor Brandon always brings an amazing word. Um, 9:30, 11. So the 9:37, the 9:30 service happens, and we do our worship thing, and Pastor Brandon brings an amazing word, and we finish about 10:30, so we got a 30-minute gap before the next service. So I'm like, you know, I'm kind of feeling a little tired, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go get some, some coffee. Grab some coffee. So I said, I told myself, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the, I'm gonna go grab my, uh, my mug from the office. I'm gonna go to the, uh, to the restroom and go wash it because I had a little bit of coffee from, <laughs> I guess, the day before. <laughs> so I go, and after that, I'm gonna go straight back to the office and make me something in the Keurig that tastes of San Antonio from HEB. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No? Yes. And so I said, all right, so I, 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 go, I go to the office, grab my mug. And so I walk to the restroom, wash it out in the sink, dry it out, walk out. You got to understand, this is between services, right? I walk out, and Benji catches me. He's like, hey, bro. I said, oh, yeah, what's up? He's like, hey, bro, we, we're, let's take some pictures. Remember? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, I got you, bro. Like, let's do it. And so um, we're all there in the foyer, and there's people everywhere. I, um, I said, man, who can take these pictures? Like, and so, I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm going to ask the photographer of the church, you know, Brooklyn Clark, you know. And so I give her my phone, and uh, my camera's kind of broken, so she does the best she can with it. And um, she starts taking pictures of me and Benji and the, some, of the, some of the worship team. And I, as we're taking pictures, you got to understand, like, I still have this mug in my hand, <laughs> this empty mug in my hand. <laughs> There's nothing in here. And so I'm like, I don't know where to put it. I don't know where to set it. I don't want to give it to anybody. I don't want to bother anybody. So I said, you know what? In the pictures, I'm just going to fake it. <laughs> I'm just going to act like there's something in there. You know what I mean? I'm just going to act like I, I got it going on. You know what I mean? I got me some good coffee. I'm sipping on it, you know, looking cool and stuff, trying to at least. And so I'm, I'm there. We're taking pictures. And I'm like, nobody's going to know. They'll never know. Nobody, nobody would know. And so... I said, all right, I'm just going to fake it until I make it. And, you know, I'm, we're taking pictures. And after the pictures, I say, all right, I'm going to go get my coffee. And I go to the office and make, make my coffee. And um, the next day, I remember, oh, the pictures. I'm going to look at my phone, like these pictures, you know. And so I get on my camera roll and I start scrolling. And uh, I see picture number one pop up. All right, there's me. <laughs> With some of our worship team plus Cade, <laughs> he came out of nowhere, and um, me with my empty mug, you know, just trying to pose and like, you know, these are for memories. And so, I see that picture, man, beautiful picture, beautiful team. And then I just keep scrolling through my camera, and I see another picture, it's me and Benji, like my boy, you know what I mean, gonna miss him, with the empty mug, right? Nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever know. And then I keep going through my camera roll. You got to understand, Brooklyn took these pictures. She's standing right there under the exit sign in the white, if y'all want to know who she is, right there. And so I'm going through my camera roll, and all of a sudden I see a picture that I was kind of embarrassed of. I was like, nobody would ever know. And all of a sudden, picture three pops up. I said, no way. 
She caught me. I was like, how dare she? She didn't even say anything. I'm literally there, posing, acting like I got it all together for the picture. When little did I know, I was caught. (laughs) I was caught. And I realized during that whole moment, I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. During that whole time, I really didn't have coffee in my mug. It was empty. I was acting like I had it, if I can say this, had it all together. But can I tell you today, my friends, what good is it to look good on the outside if you're just empty on the inside? What good is it? If you're trying to look so good for everybody on the outside, but you're hurting and broken on the inside, there's no point. Can I tell you, you might be hurting and you might be broken, and yes, we're here for you, and that's real, but can I tell you that God wants to pick up the broken pieces and put you back together? That's his heart. But you have to stop acting like you have it all together. We have to stop acting like we got it all together. I was laughing at those pictures like, man, how stupid was I? You know, never again. But it was the truth that was revealed to me that, man, I got distracted on my way to the coffee. I was on my way to get filled up. That was my plan. I had planned to go get filled. I had planned to go get the good stuff. But on my way there, I got distracted. And as I got distracted, I missed out on all the good things that were for me. I'm telling you, my friends, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted because God has some good stuff for you. He has some good stuff in store for you. My friends, don't get distracted. The sad sad truth about faking until you make it is this right here is that you're only faking yourself. You're only faking yourself. I was only faking myself until I got caught. What does that mean you're only faking yourself? That means that you're only hurting yourself. And that is not the heart of God at all. Why is it dangerous to fake it till you make it? Why? Because if you keep trying to fake it till you make it, you'll never live the full life that God has for you. You'll never live the full life that God has for you. Why? Because he wants the real you. He wants the messed up you, the broken pieces, the messed up pieces that you don't want anybody to see. He wants those pieces. Those are the parts that he can work with. He wants the real. He wants the real you. We say it all the time here that God wants to meet you right where you're at. He wants to meet you right where you're at. That is true. But he is so good that he doesn't want to leave you there. God wants to meet you right where you're at. Please allow him to meet you in your brokenness and your hurting. He wants to meet you there. But he's so good. He's not going to leave you there. God's heart is always for humanity. His heart is always for people. His heart is always for the broken, for the hurting, for the lonely. His heart is always even for those who think we have it all together. His heart is for all of us. I want to show you a story here in the Bible. In Luke chapter 15, you probably know where I'm going already. Of two brothers, of two brothers, Jesus is actually telling a story, what you call also a parable. Jesus was actually surrounded by sinners and tax collectors, the Bible says in this moment. 
And these Pharisees come up and they're like, this man talks to sinners and he even eats with them. And I love what Jesus does in, in this story. He, 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 he doesn't lash out on them. He, he tells them some parables. And one of the last ones that he tells is this one right here found in Luke chapter 15. We'll pick up in verse 11. It says this. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. I don't know if you know, but that is some disrespect. If I went up to my mom and said, oh, yeah, my um." <laughs> Can you give me my inheritance? You know? I'll tell you what. My mom would take off her chancla and beat the, oh. That's, 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 yeah, that's that's disrespect. This young son goes up to his dad and says, oh, yeah, dad, can you give me my inheritance? Like, like my piece. You got to understand, in this day day and age, what the son is really saying, he's saying that, oh, if you want, you you get your inheritance when when your parents are gone, right? What is he saying? He's saying, dad, like, you're pretty much dead to me. He's saying, you're dead to me. But check out what the father does next. He said, oh, so he divided his property between them. <laughs> he gave it to him. It's crazy. He gave him his portion of the property. Then 13 says this, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in the wild living. You can only imagine what wild living is. Wherever your mind went, that's what it is. Wild living. That's what this kid spent all his money on. After he had spent everything, literally every penny, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Kids now broke. It's a joke. He ain't got nothing. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He now finds himself feeding pigs. He just had a whole bunch of money. His dad gave it all to him. He goes, he he wastes it, and now he's here trying to make some money feeding pigs. 16 says he... He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Can you imagine? He finds himself now in a place. He is so desperate. He, he, he's literally thinking about eating the pig's food. He finds himself in such a mess. He finds himself in a mess. And I find it interesting that his first response is to fix it himself. Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like us. I I made a mess, so I have to fix it. I caused it so. I got to do it within my own strength. I got to do it the way I know how to do it. Can I tell you, my friends, that every time we try to do things within our own strength, we'll always end up still hungry and still lonely. We'll always end up still hungry and still lonely. I'm telling you, the heart of God. The heart of God is for you. The heart of God is to be with you. He he doesn't want you to do things alone. He doesn't want you to have to do this within your own strength. I love what 17 says when he came to his senses. Ding! Little light bulb. When he came to his senses, he said, 
you know, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Literally more than enough. And here I am starving to death. Like he's literally saying, even the people that work for my dad have it better than me. And I'm here with the pigs. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Maybe like one of your hired servants. He's telling himself, this is what I'm going to tell my dad. He's writing his own speech. He's planning this out by himself. This, this is probably what's going to work. That's what he's thinking. 20 says, so he got up and went to his father. He's going home. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. I'm going to pause right there. His father saw him. Can I, can I just encourage you real quick? When you're reading your Bible, like, pay attention to the details. They're in there for a reason. His father saw him. What does that mean? But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. That tells me that day after day, the father was probably waiting for his boy. He was waiting for his son to return home. And I love what happens next. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a Texas dad to me. <laughs> if I would have come home, wasted all my dad's money, spent his inheritance, found myself in a slop, built myself a big mess, man, I, maybe my dad would hug me. After he spanked me. <laughs> but the first thing that this dad does, he's filled with compassion. He's filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Isn't this a beautiful picture of our heavenly father? A beautiful picture of who God is. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. What is the son doing in this moment? He's, he's rehearsing. His, he's, 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 he's saying the speech to his dad. What he had rehearsed, what he had planned out, he's, he's saying to him, I love it, that the father straight up ignores him. Check this out. In a good way. He says, but the father said to, to his servants, quick, bring the Sorry, my throat got choked up. Excuse me. I'll stop yelling. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and some Gucci slides on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. My friends, this is a picture of the grace of God. It's a picture of the grace of God. That when we did all things wrong, God still wanted to receive us with open arms and celebrate us. How mind-blowing is that? 
How mind-blowing is that? That even when we did everything, everything wrong, the grace of, the grace of God chased us down. The, the grace of God covered us with the rope. The grace of God, the grace of God hunted us down. I'm telling you today, my friends, the grace of God is available to everyone. The grace of God is available to everyone. It's available to you. It's available to the people you ain't the biggest fan of, and be honest. Well, that hurts things a little bit. It's the truth. The grace of God is available, available to everyone. Cody, can you start playing the back? I'm winding down right here. Thank you. <clears throat> the grace of God is available to everyone. As we, as we keep going, 25 says, meanwhile, the older son, remember, there was two sons. The older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he, he heard the music and dancing. I don't know about you, but I, I've, I live in the hood, you know what I'm saying? And when you hear music and dancing, that's a party. That's a party. The older brother hears the music. He hears the dancing. I don't know. How do you hear dancing? You know what I'm saying? Like a little cumbia. That's some loud dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Oh, yeah, your, your brother's come home, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he, he has him back safe and sound. You would think the son would be like, oh, yes, my bro. Yeah, Lebrowski, he's home. Not the case at all. 28 says the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out. And pleaded with him. So the father left the party to go plead with his older son. Notice here that the father left the porch for the younger son. And the father left the party for the older son. Isn't that a beautiful representation of who our father is? That maybe we didn't do everything right, but as we want to come home, he accepts us and receives us. He chases us down. And even when we think we have it all together, he still comes after us. The father, the father pleaded with him. 29 says, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat. So I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours tells his dad, and this son of yours doesn't even say, when my brother, and even trying to claim him at this point, when this, when this son of yours, when your son, when your boy, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him, dad, Really? My son, the father said, you're always with me. And everything I have is yours. <laughs> everything I have is yours. Man, somebody needs to hear that today. Everything that God has is yours. 
everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, what is the dad doing here? He's reminding him, yo, that's your brother. This brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He was lost and is found. The older brother was so, it almost sounds like he was so like, I did this for you, Dad. I did this. I did this and I did that, man. About me, Dad. Notice that what this tells me, that you can be doing all the right things, doing them perfectly, and your heart still be far from the Father. Can we do everything right? Checking all the boxes, doing everything perfectly, but heart, your heart being far from the Father. Can I tell you today, I, I said this earlier, that God is more interested in your heart. He's more interested in what is happening right here. The heart of God is always for you. It's always to love you. Maybe you're here today and you find yourself in the shoes of the younger son. Maybe you've been the one that has gone away. Has left home for a little bit. Doing your own thing. Maybe I've been the best. I tell you it's okay. He's ready for you to come home. He's waiting for you at the porch. Every day, every night, day after day, waiting and waiting. Or maybe you find yourself in the shoes of the older brother. Dad, I did everything. How dare you, Dad? They don't deserve that love. They don't deserve that party. They don't deserve deserve the robe, the ring, the nice sandals. Are you serious? That the fat, the fat, they don't deserve that, Dad. The Bible never lets us know if the, the older son entered the, the party. We don't know. The, the father came out, talked to him, pleaded with him, the Bible says. But we don't know if the, the older son ever went in. Maybe he did. I hope he did. Maybe did it. Maybe you find yourselves in the shoes of the older brother. It's not fair. Can I tell you that the father is chasing you down also? His heart is for you too. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to create a moment of privacy. You say, Mauricio, I've recognized today that the heart of God is for me that his grace is for me. I've gone too far and today I want to come home. Mauricio, I've been trying to fake it till I make it, been acting like I had it all together. And today I realize I'm just empty inside. I'm broken. I'm ready to let God put the pieces back together. If you find yourself in the 
the younger brother's shoes or even the older brother's shoes, I want to give you tonight an opportunity to receive the grace of God that they both received. If that's you today, you say, Mauricio, today I want to give my life to Jesus and I receive, I want to receive this grace that only he can give me. At the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, no one looking around. God loves you. Two, now is your moment. Three, yes, 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 yes. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. <sighs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't miss this moment. Come on. Come on. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? This moment's for you. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. You can put your hands down. I just want to pray with you. If everybody can just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, for your grace, for your goodness. I open up my heart and receive Jesus as my Savior today. From this day forward, I will never be the same. Come in my heart. Transform me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. Come on, can we get up for those who said yes to Jesus today? Beautiful. That's what this is about.